Yeah, I think we'll keep that story. Oh, good. I'm glad I made the cut. We'll definitely, for sure. <laughs> Appreciate that's that. That's a keeper. That's, yeah, that's a mic dropper type of. You know, it's interesting. Wow. When we're sitting here, some of the things that I feel like the Lord just brings to mind. Like, I certainly didn't come in here and sit down today thinking about these four ladies from the yeah. second church I pastored when I was 20. That's such a good story. But as we began talking, it's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, I remember the most powerful example of consistency. Yeah. Beautiful. So thank the Lord for all those faithful prayers. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That's right. Hey, listener, I have a question for you. Do you pray while you brush your teeth or wash the dishes? What do you think of when you hear the words praying consistently? Well, today we're talking about staying consistent in prayer. I love how each part of this series we're in, Life of Surrender, is kind of like a stepping stone to each part thereafter. You have to stay calm to be compassionate. You have to be compassionate in order to stay constructive and be someone who builds others up and builds the kingdom of God. And when you're constructive, you find yourself to be connected to God first and connected to others. And being connected leads to being consistent in your prayer life. So that's what lead pastor Tommy Gray is back to talk with us about. And we are looking at Luke chapter 18, verses one through eight. So let's get into that conversation. Welcome in, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us again. Tommy, it's great to have you back. Always good to be here. Thanks. All right. Chris, you're doing great. Good to be here, man. Awesome. Yeah, it awesome. is. Well, uh, so today we're talking about staying cooperative. No, we're talking about staying consistent. That's good. Is that right? Well, yes, because if it had been the other one, I was going to have to check out on you. So. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other six. That's right. <laughs> so, we've been, so we've been talking about staying calm. Uh, staying compassionate, staying constructive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get all of these. <laughs> and you'll get no help from staying, us. So let's see what you got. Staying contemplative. No, uh, it's a C word, but it's not the right one. Um, and you just taught on this yesterday. No, oh, we connect- staying constructive. Connected. Con- connected. Staying constructive. Staying con- connected. <laughs> I, I stumbled all over that. Um, but it's great to, uh, it's great to be together again and, and, uh, diving deep into, um, what it means to be, to stay consistent. Um, and so Tommy, you're, you're mainly, uh, you're mainly talking about staying consistent in prayer, praying always. Yeah. You see that in the main scripture for this, uh, and just how, uh, consistency in our prayer life can make a difference. But before we get into that, um, Tommy, why don't you share a little bit of what real life looks like looks like for you guys right now? Oh yeah, real life is real. I can tell you. Speaking uh, of staying consistent, yeah, nothing is consistent in our mm-hmm. life right now. Yeah, I can't remember if we've talked about this before. We've had a number of things happening in our lives, and one is we've had this massive leak in our home. The plumbing is messed up, so we've been uh, repairing that, and we found out that all the plumbing in our home. Uh, it's made with defective pipes. So now we've had to replumb the entire house. God. So what that means is as we sit here today, there are about 20 to 30 holes cut in the sheetrock in our home. Oh my gosh. Oh my There's goodness. sheetrock dust on everything we own Man. and probably a quarter of an inch thick on the floor. 
uh, and they're replumbing everything. And this project is uh, nearing probably about 40 grand as we oh speak. No. And so, uh, yes, that's what I said. So yeah. it's real and it's life. And uh, But the beautiful thing is when it's over with, we'll have new plumbing in our home and our house will be worth a whopping zero dollars more because you're supposed to have that plumbing. Yeah. Uh, but, but honestly, it's been truthful. Brand it's been new an, plumbing. Yes. Uh, can you imagine trying to sell out brand new plumbing? Oh, but it's, it's been incredibly stressful and, and it has for my wife, Carrie and I, it's been, it's been really tough because your home needs to be your sanctuary and it's not that it's chaotic. Mm -hmm. Uh, today we can't even go home till we don't know when because the water's cut off and all of that kind of stuff. Oh but the gosh. other side of it is, is we really have been talking about, thankfully, we're just in a place in our life where this doesn't, you know, capsize the boat completely, so yeah. to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd want to see both. One side is this is tough season. I mean, and yeah. it's stressful and hard and we're trying to figure our way through it on the other side. Um, Thankfully, the Lord, uh, the Lord and the insurance company is uh, helping us get through this. <laughs> yeah, man. I think I remember you saying in the past some some good saying about life's always a mixture of like battles and blessings. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, hear, I hear both that in what you're saying. Absolutely, and I think that's uh, always helpful for us because real life does have battles. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know. Maybe even a little off topic, but one of the things I love about the Bible is it just doesn't portray. Uh, being faithful Christians as an easy life. You see yeah. challenges. Yeah, it's true. I mean, people who follow Jesus paid with their lives with difficulty. But then there's this incredible promise that you're never alone and you're never beyond the reach of God. Yeah. And so in a really, it, it almost seems, I almost feel ashamed talking about it like holes in the wall of our house where we have a house. Right. Right. So on one side, it's almost like really, I mean that, but on the other side, when that is the place you kind of go for your sanctuary and all, there's that level of stress. And so um, God cares about all that in our lives. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so we're, we're making it. We're hopeful. We've been promised again uh, that uh, next week, by the end of the week, I think we'll be five, six weeks into this, that it'll all be taken care of. So praise the Lord. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We're consistently in a chaotic home. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, speechless, I, I can tell. Yeah. That song, blessed be the name of the Lord, you know, just comes, comes to mind, you yeah. know, in, in, in the middle of the, hmm. the really tough times, which I mean, you know, at the, I, I hear what you're saying, but man, I would be going crazy right yeah. now. If I was, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, All my wife and I both are kind of neat freaks and yeah. And we're somewhat frugal. She's really frugal. All the all the buttons that you could push in that kind of arena yeah, are being sure. pushed for us both right now, uh -huh. and uh, especially her. So yeah, ready to get our home back in order for sure. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a fun summer of finding dust in places you never thought it would. That's right. <laughs> and that money that had been set aside for the trip, well, we'll just talk about the plumbing oh. we have in our house. Oh, it's no. all good. It's all good. Uh, well, maybe we can... Uh, Maybe we can do a uh, a GoFundMe <laughs> <laughs> to send Carrie and Tommy on a vacation. Yeah, we might get a quarter. Let's see how we do. <laughs> wow, that is that's that is crazy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about staying consistent. Yeah. So, Krista, if you would, or I mean, you're the you're the one who always brings the Bible. <laughs> it's true. 
<laughs> well, I bring the print. That's right. We all, my it's Bible makes phone calls. Oh, yes. It does. But, um, but if you would read uh, Luke 18, one through eight, the passage that this sermon was about. Absolutely. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So I, I, I really just wanted to follow the, the discussion questions that, that you put out there. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we do that, sometimes we don't, but we put those out there every week. So, so that, you know, uh, we can all kind of have our own conversations together, uh, with those in our circles. So, um, so how do you, how do you understand praying always and praying continually? Yeah, I think on one hand you read scriptures that say something like that and you go, that's just not possible. Like I can't just always be praying. Uh, but where it is possible is in the fact that we have a posture of life that's dependent and a posture of life that's turn toward the Lord in a posture of life that says, um, I need the Lord in all situations. And then I think there is the possibility in life of just kind of consistent times of prayer that are very intentional throughout the day. You know, historically we've, in our tradition, we've had like morning and evening prayers and people talk about breath prayers. There, there are ways where prayer becomes uh, interwoven into all of our life. Mm -hmm. But I also just believe it's so much a part of um, kind of the posture of our life and our dependence on God, our sense of that need. When we first started this podcast, we talked about the, you know, Jesus being in the wilderness, you know, for 40 days. And if, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, um, I, think, I think Jesus had that constant connection, that mm -hmm. constant conversation happening. Mm -hmm. And he had the word on his heart. He had the word on his mind and he knew how to combat the enemy when the enemy tempted him. And so I think, um, I think in that, in that sense, maybe praying always isn't attainable, but praying constantly, praying consistently, having that conversation is, is, um, is so important mm -hmm. for us to really experience, um, that full life. Um, one of the, one of the ways that I feel like my understanding has grown or shifted in this conversation is when I ran across a number of years ago, my brother Lawrence, who wrote a, he didn't set out to write a book, but he had just journaled in his life, this idea of practicing the presence yeah. of God and how he had served in the 
in the military, I believe, in Italy. And then he had an injury, so he was able to, unable to return. And so he ended up living with monks. And he learned um, and he incorporated this practice of whatever he was doing, whether he was washing dishes or cleaning. Mm-hmm. He just invited the Lord into whatever he was doing. And so now, whereas before I used to think praying continually, what does that even look like? Like, how do I how do I do all of the things in life I need to do and and do that at the same time. But there was something that shifted in my mind and heart, just thinking about inviting the Lord into all of my activities, really practicing that presence. And I think the word practice is key for me because it's not something that I can instantly do on my own. It is the power of the spirit, but it is this, this spiritual practice, this, this way of formation and prayer that begins to take us in this, this lifestyle of living a prayerful life just as we go about our what would seem like mundane activities but we invite god into those and it's really powerful sometimes when i think about like other close relationships i have like my dad or my mom or best friends you know i think what characterizes that relationship Mm -hmm. and i think those are people that when something really bad happens i'm like man i gotta talk this through with yeah my dad my mom best you know or when something really good happens I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to tell my dad or my mom. Yeah. Or, and it's interesting that we're all growing in prayer and trying to figure this thing out. I think that for me right now, I'm trying to grow in my understanding of prayer as just telling the Lord what's happening in my day, mm-hmm. the good things, the hard things. And that's just increased, I think, a sense of closeness with him of, man, God, I... I really loved this today. This was cool. He already knows that happened. He already saw that. He, you know, was involved in that, but just the practice of inviting God into what excites me and what discourages me. I think that's made prayer seem, I don't know, less intimidating, Mm -hmm. more accessible to me. And then it's given birth to moments that end up kind of being more like Luke 18, where I'm petitioning God for something, but it didn't necessarily start there. It didn't start with this, like, God change the world today, do this. It, started on a day of like, Hey God, this is exciting to me. And this is fun to me, or this is hard for me. And that for a season, just for me has helped to build maybe that sense of intimacy to eventually say, God, would you change this about the world? Or would you hmm. bring justice in this way? Kind of like this picture of this Luke 18 widow. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that to, it brings something up to my mind, um, about how, how we process emotions. And I think, I think for God, for the father's heart to hear, just to, just to hear you express that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, I think is, I mean, he, you know, he sings over us. Mm -hmm. He really enjoys us, which is a, which is, you know, something that blows my mind. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think it's really, I would imagine as a father, okay. To hear my, yeah. son, my daughters, my daughter, my son say, I'm whatever, whatever the emotion is, you know, I, I want them to yeah. express that, but, but it's also, um, really important to our emotional health to have someone to co-regulate those emotions. Absolutely. With. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it would be better for me to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day than to be lonely. And so if I have someone that I can co-regulate those emotions and how much more important is it for us to, to be intimately 
um, connected yeah. to the father. And when those, when those emotions do come up, whatever it might be, God, I'm angry. Yeah. You know, and to have, to have him, you know, to, to have him there to be able to say that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Chris, so you have a really extensive background in counseling and some training in counseling and just, I'm, I'm in counseling right now, have been for a little while receiving counseling. It's interesting how much I've Is noticed. Is anyone in the room not in counseling right now? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> well, at least in these four seats. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Which is interesting in that journey. I've noticed so much of what you're talking about that like when I pray and just say, Hey God, this is what I'm excited about. Or this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. It leads to a greater self-awareness of what Garrett's feeling, which then helps me go to counseling and says, Hey, I actually know what I'm feeling. I'm in touch with it because I prayed. Yeah. Yeah. And whoever would have thought that relationship would exist, that, that going to counseling would help my prayer life and prayer life would help counseling. And just, it's, it's what you said. It's, it's resulted in, I think, a blessing to God and just greater self-awareness. Yeah. 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 One of the books that was recommended to me, um, calming the emotional storm, um, is an incredible book about trying to find a level of peace in our lives. And, uh, it's been very helpful to me because I often say I can go from zero to a hundred miles per hour, just like that. Hmm. And finding a way to find some middle ground and all that. And, you know, our prayer life does serve in that way. Uh, And I'm also uh, mindful just thinking about how Scripture promises that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for Mm -hmm. us. And that when we don't even know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us Mm -hmm. and groans. And so, um, Garrett, you said something that, Prayer can be intimidating to many people, and I think it really can. So simplifying it to a conversation with God mm-hmm. and understanding you're not even alone in prayer, mm-hmm. that you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit are praying, uh, can bring a sense of comfort, and then that does begin to help us emotionally in every other way. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that if we look at this passage in particular, I know in the past, maybe in times where my faith was a lot more immature, hopefully that continues to grow the course of our life. But I think I bought into this lie that what I took to the Lord needed to be cleaned up and pretty and presentable. Um, But we see in this passage, you know, the this woman's driving me crazy. You know, I, I just, she just keeps on and keeps on and keeps on this idea of persistency that is not particularly pretty or hmm. cleaned up. Yeah. Hmm. And so as we deepen in our walk with Christ and in our prayer lives, are we willing to go those places? Because this hmm. is what Jesus says, learn a lesson from this unjust judge, you know, who says this woman, she just, she just keeps on and keeps on. So what is it about this woman that we need to exemplify and model in our own lives? And how can that enrich, you know, enrich our prayer lives as well? Yeah, I think sometimes we make a real, a, a faulty leap in this passage. Because we often can think this is giving us a sense of what is required to get God's attention. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's wow. like, wow. like I, I can't get God's attention unless I'm just kind of 
crazy in my pursuit. Yeah. Mm. And it's, uh, and it's really just the opposite. This is so much more about us and our persistence because you've got an, um, an ungodly, uncaring, unjust judge who ultimately, yeah, ultimately came around. Yeah. And then the parallel, the contrast here is if that can happen. Yeah. How much more can happen with a God yeah. who is caring and is That's just right. yeah. and does yeah. desire? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't Man. require all of that. Wow. But we're being encouraged to stay persistent. In yeah. It. Yeah. Because God is not that, but we can learn a lesson from That's that. That's right. Yeah. And so she... She has no power. The judge has all the power, mm-hmm. all the, all the contrast where she just doesn't have a chance. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it happens. And so, uh, it's, it's an encouragement to realize, man, you're loved by God. Yeah. yeah. And if somebody like that would respond, what encouragement there is that God will respond. Yeah. Man, Tommy, when you say that, I just like hear that screaming example of like our theology informs our practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That like what you just said is our picture of who God is <clears throat> informs my prayer life. Because when I when you said that, that was so insightful. I just thought, but for how many of us is that our picture of God? That like we think, well, because I've got to jump and blow whistles and like really try super hard to get this attention of this like divine being. Well, then why would I want to pray? Mm-hmm. That sounds so exhausting. Like that yeah. sounds mm-hmm. so, but that's my theology informing my practice versus what you're talking about is like, oh my goodness, the parable is the opposite. It's, mm-hmm. this is a God, a father that is mm-hmm. so ready to listen. Yeah. And how much does that stir my affections to go, well, then I want to pray. Right. Like, which is beautiful. I mean, theology does inform practice and mm-hmm. right thought theology is freeing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I love to the end of verse eight, when the son of man returns, how many will oh he find goodness. on the earth who have faith? Oh, I feel convicted of that, that question. <laughs> right? I know. And and he began, like this begins in verse one, that Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And so um, there's nothing new under the sun. We The same words for us. Yep. You know, we should always pray and never give up. And then this idea of, you know, how how does our faith get shaped in that? How do, how do we bring faith into our prayers? Not in the way where we think that, you know, we just need to have more faith. So, you know, that will take care of the situation. I hear that a lot in terms of people walking through counseling. Well, if I just had more faith, then I wouldn't be struggling with this. That's not at all what Mm. this is about or what I mean at all. But there is this element of always praying and never giving up. And then what does it look like for us to grow in our faith for Jesus to say, Hey, this is, this is a person who has faith because they have hung in there Mm -hmm. and they have never given up and they are continually prayed uh, and, and how that shapes us, forms us and encourages us, encourages others. Yeah. My message on this, that's one of the things I'm leaning into is, um, only on a few occasions, uh, did Jesus really give the punchline away to his parables? Right. <laughs> you know, but here's one. Yeah. He he gave them this parable so that they would pray mm-hmm. and not give up. And I think the not give up is kind of the point at the end of the day. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it is possible, like, we all have things we pray about and we're not seeing immediate change. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we're like, so if, 
if God's so good and better than this judge, what's up? Why am I not getting the answer? Why is this not going my way? And so the encouragement here is, no, remember, God is a good God. He's just, He's loving, He's caring. And what we need to do is remember to pray and not to give up in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. And there is hope in that promise. Yeah. I was in Kenya a few weeks ago, and as you were saying that about not giving up, I thought about when we were in one of the communities, and Life in Abundance does a lot of work with local communities and, and microloans um, because they're just there's nothing in some of those remote villages in those areas. And one of the projects that they had uh, funded through microloan was a, a garden. And this this region is experiencing the worst drought that they have seen in decades. And uh, five failed rainy seasons, just very impactful to go and see that. But there was this this one garden area that the project had failed. Uh, and and they showed us this is what happens. Sometimes things fail. And they were walking through um, what it means to learn from our failures with this group of 18 to 25 year olds who have all kinds of opportunities ahead of them. But they were really just just grappling with what it meant. They now they have to pay back this loan and they have no product. And how are they going to do that? And one of the team members while we were there said, hey, I just feel like I just received a word from the Lord to speak over, you know, can you pass this along to these people? Because at that point, some of the, the young men were not there, young men and young women weren't there. But it was a verse from Galatians 6, 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Wow. And and I thought about that, Tommy, as you were just saying that never giving up. What a harvest of blessing if we if we really do just continue to to pray and um, be persistent in that and and not give up. And, and what a harvest of blessing that brings to our own lives, our own lives when we don't give up. Just like I feel confident that those young men will have success. They have people walking through that with them. They'll they'll pay the loan back. There will be at some point a harvest for them and just maybe in more of a, a metaphor for us. What does that look like for us with our prayer life? Sometimes it just doesn't look like we thought it would. Yeah. Sometimes it just looks dry and like there's no fruit in it, but that doesn't mean that there isn't something that comes from that. If we are persistent in our prayers and continue to take that to the Lord. Mm. Makes me super thankful for the people I know that do that. Mm-hmm. Like I read this passage, I'm like, man, I want to do that. But I'm thankful for like yeah. the Bob Sloans, right? Yeah. The Lisa Towers, you know, the Lawanda Pollards, the Kay yeah. Jones, the Merrill Jones. Yeah. Linda you know, Lay. Yep. Roger Von Joannes. I mean. So many people. For as much as I want to grow in this area and I feel like I'm weak in this area, praise yeah. God for the people that are strong in it. Yeah. Really. Because that's what helps the rest of us say. Absolutely. Man, I want to I be like that one day. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Shout out to our amazing prayer team. My goodness. They are consistent. They're faithful. And mm-hmm. you never you never sense any kind of, I'm not feeling this right now from mm-hmm. any of them. You know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Winston. Yep. That's Rhonda, right. Rhonda Lustig. Yeah. I mean, just, just, you know, yeah. faces just keep coming. But Yeah. Uh, and Nathan, this is so funny because when we talk about those people, you know, I think of 
our young generation, you know, millennials, Gen Z, like I think of us looking at those kind of people and like what we need to get there is so many of those people we just named have like grown past their feelings yeah. mm. being the foundation for their faith. They've grown past that point. I'm not saying they never struggle with that, but. Well, they know how to process those things with the Lord. They know mm-hmm. how to, they, they know that the Lord, that's, that's who they're supposed to process those things with in so many ways. I mean, yeah, they have their, you know, their, their deep, um, intimate relationships, yeah. you know, uh, their, their spouses, their family, what, whatnot. But, you know, I mean, what a deep connection to God they have mm-hmm. just without, how, just not, not just with how they interact with everybody, but, but how faithful they are. Yeah. You know, in, in being there to, to pray and intercede for other people. Absolutely. I mean, that, I think that's, that's a huge point that you bring up, you know, um, especially for, you know, the, the college person, the, the young adult, the high schooler, you know, how, how do we get there? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's a lot of fair answers. The first thing I think of is, uh, you know, amazing, amazing pastors that preceded Tommy here, you know, Alan Weatherly, Marcus Long, you know, Alan would often say that your prayer life is going to be the sum of who you pray with. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say to a young person is find one of those people and pray with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best thing you could do is go, go find a Linda Lay. Yeah. Um, which is literally, literally what Megan Simpson in our church has done. Yeah. She's yeah. a young person that feels a radical call to prayer. And she found one of the older people in our church that's walking in that. Yeah. Just praying with her. That's what I would say is go find somebody whose faith has grown beyond their emotions and sit with them. Yeah. And do it for a year, once yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'd be shocked. You'll, you'll gain way more than you'd gain if you just put yourself in a room and just prayed harder yeah, yeah. on your yeah. own. No, 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 right. no. Go sit with them yeah. for a year, once a week. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's that consistency. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's planning. It's, it's making that a habit. And then I would say to those younger people, then go do that with somebody else that's younger than you. Yeah, absolutely. Or like the, just that's part of the, the phrase that's coming to my mind as we're talking about this is, Legacy building, yeah. right? Yeah, that's good. Um, disciples who make disciples. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. And yeah. so, don't just do it to receive. Absolutely, that's so important. But do it with the the frame of mind that now I'm going to give back to. Just as that's people right. have invested in me, my call is to invest in other people. That's exactly right. Which, as we're having this conversation, it just it goes back to this whole multi generational thing of like yeah. even the older people in our midst needed to know you are so needed. <laughs> yeah. You are so needed. Yeah. If you're not here, it's like our generation has nobody to catch anything from. You know, Garrett, I'm, I'm thinking about one of the things that I really appreciate about what you've brought to us here at Asbury is like your living room prayer time and, and all these things have led to a multi-generational That's right. yeah, uh, prayer movement. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think it's important to know it goes... I was going to say in both directions, it goes in all directions. Yeah. yeah. Like when an older person, I'll say like myself, engages with somebody like you, Garrett, or somebody even younger, I hope my experience and wisdom has something to bear on your life. But there's also um, energy and learning and life that comes in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So uh, healthy churches or healthy movements are multi-generational absolutely and you see that and uh, so i am thankful for those 
we all stand on the shoulders of others who've gone before us. Yeah. And we all have a responsibility to lead those behind us. Uh, Curtis Sargent, who has had an influence in my life in discipleship, he has this phrase, he, he calls it duckling discipleship. And I just, hmm. I love it. And then I crack up every time I say it, but, <laughs> but I can just Part, see oh, him. Wait. What's that? Do you quack up? <laughs> <laughs> now I do. I'm It'll sorry. always be that. Thank you, Nathan. But, uh, I appreciate I'm that. Totally edited. Nathan yeah. and, <laughs> and your joke for the day in the humor yeah. corner. You Thank go. you. Yeah. Resident, but, resident but he, he says it this way, talking about Jesus as the only mother duck. Now uh, you got to follow with him, but he says there's always somebody that's ahead of you that you can follow, yeah. and there's always somebody behind you that can follow you. But we're all trying to follow Christ. Yeah. Mm, yeah. In our prayer life, we're all trying to engage relationship mm -hmm. with the Lord. And uh, and we need each other for yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's part of it. It can become so much of a solid, uh, solitary effort for some people. And we need that. We all need our private time with the Lord. Yeah. But we also need community. Yeah. That's and right. we need that we in do. our discipleship, in our prayer life, and in everything else in our life. We do. You know, Garrett, one of the pictures as we've been having this part of our conversation that came to my mind is one Friday night. And as I start talking, you'll know what I'm talking about. You already know, I can tell. Um, it was a Friday night in the fellowship hall. Mm -hmm. And it was a night that Kay Jones, February 4th, 2022. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> powerful. Well, Cause it was so powerful. People mm -hmm. remembered so it. So powerful. So Kay Jones stood up and on behalf of the older generation spoke and prayed blessing over the younger generation. Yeah. And then Callie Scroggins representing yeah. the younger generation prayed, led and prayed blessing. And we, we circled up and we just, we just spoke blessing and prayed blessing over the other generation. And I, I was so moved by that. It was clear. Yeah. The Holy spirit was leading that and was just, it was just an incredible time, very worshipful. And what a, what a beautiful bringing together of the multi-generational aspect mm -hmm. of that. And I remember, I think, I think it was Callie that said that night, she said, our generation is um, reaping what your generation, speaking to Kay and her generation and, and others, uh, those, those faithful legacy builders in prayer, we are reaping the results and the fruit of what you have, what we have not sown. You yeah. have sown that. And so we're, we're reaping that. She said it much better than that, but that really stood, stood out to me. Mm -hmm. uh, just that visual of that and yeah. what that represented to me, maybe it, it was going on before, but for me, that felt like a real shift in prayer in our church, just in terms mm -hmm. of what is happening multi-generationally. And I think too, something just continuing on, Tommy, with what you said about Garrett, what you have brought. Um, I think you have done a beautiful job in uh, bringing together those people who have been so faithful for so many years to pray uh, continually, to pray persistently here at Asbury, and then mm -hmm. connecting them with the younger generation and yeah. the the newer ones. And mm -hmm. man, what the Lord has done with that is is something that only he can do, Absolutely. you know, and Absolutely. it has been Amen. just personally encouraging to be even in some parts of that, but just to watch that happen. And it's just evident that the Lord is doing something pretty incredible yeah. in prayer yeah. and Amen. persistency and being consistent in that too. Yeah. And I think about the team that came together, you know, and wrote the, 
wrote the guide last year, 22 days of prayer and, you know, the Winslers and yeah. the Huians. I mean, just such, such incredible people, you know, that emerging generation. Um, so it is, it is really cool to see, you know, all, uh, all, all angles, all, gen- all, you know, all the, yeah. the generations. So cool. You know, I've just had one story come to my mind and I'll share it. I thought <laughs> back to my second church. I went to a small church and I was 20 years old when I went to be their pastor. And my introduction was a group of older gentlemen that came and met with me and said, we just want you to know you're going to be our last pastor. Our church is dying. Mm-hmm. We know you're young and excited, but you're it. So don't come with any real excitement and energy. Mm-hmm. No sign out front, no steeple on the top. Church was clearly dying. And just over the course of time, we got a sign out front. And a guy who had been in prison uh, came to know the Lord. Uh, and just so happened he had worked with fiberglass and he built a steeple and it got put on top of the church. Huh. Then we put a basketball goal outside and this church that had Eight, ten older members suddenly started having all these young people come. Just on and on it went. Over the next six years, a hundred people were baptized. Wow. And so people saw this from the outside, but what they didn't see was four women who read the book, What Happens When Women Pray. Mm. (laughs) And every Thursday morning, they came to the church. Come on. Every Thursday morning. Before any of that happened. You know, they were coming to the church when they were, some of these other guys were saying, you're going to be our last pastor. And what were they doing? They were praying. Week in, week out, before the first thing ever happened. And six years later, uh, it was beautiful. My last Sunday at that church, we baptized like a 12-year-old young boy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we, we saw all of this. But I have always been convinced that the the engine for that, to use your term, the furnace for that, yeah, 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 was four ladies who read a book and said, "We're going to do that." So every Thursday morning they prayed, and uh, if that's not a model of consistency in prayer, I've never seen one. And so Absolutely. I'm just thankful for all those people. We've, I've just loved it as everybody's named some names off. But I can imagine anybody that's even listening to this right now, there, there's probably somebody in your life that mm-hmm. you're thinking, yeah, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. That's right. That they were consistent in prayer. And we don't even know who's been consistent in prayer that's affecting yeah. our lives today so because yeah. of their faithfulness. So yeah. I just yeah. I just add my thank you. Thank you for those who've uh, been faithful and given their lives to that. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Just as you were talking, I just thought it was so interesting that the names of the people kept coming to mind. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I hadn't thought of, it's like, oh my goodness, Bob Sloan. Like just, yeah. We could go on and oh, on could. and we on could. and on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's an awesome story. Well, thank the Lord for those ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and thank you for, you know, how you guys have, have continually led. Just thank you for your hearts and, and, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, guys. Thank yeah, you so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Great. We'll Thank see you all next time, okay? Absolutely. All right. Thanks again for joining the conversation. My thanks to Chris Garrett and Tommy, as always. 
If you have any thoughts or questions for us, please send those to podcast at weareasbury.com. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. And if you'd like to support our ministry financially, submit a prayer request, listen to any of our messages from all our Asbury worship venues, or join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. for mobile worship. You can find all of those at weareasbury.com. Remember to share our podcast with a friend or family member so you too can start a conversation with those in your circle. Thanks again for being a part of this journey with us as we live real life with each other, full life with God, and kingdom life on earth. See you next time.